In Genesis chapter 1, we have the creation scenario where God spends days 1 through 6 creating the universe. Now, there's a big debate about whether or not those verses are talking about a recreation. Some believe that God created the entire universe complete and finished in one single act described in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. And that it was between that verse and the rest of the whole chapter that the rebellion of Satan and a third of the angels took place. That war between God and the fallen angels and its repercussions are all talked about in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 18. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 to 18, and Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 23 to 26. And many believe, they don't know for certain, but many believe that the events described in those verses took place between verses 1 and 2 of Genesis chapter 1. And that what we consider to be the week of creation is actually a repair job. Now, whether or not that's true doesn't really matter. That view is what is known as the gap theory. The theory itself has some holes in it, and it's amazing how upset people can get debating over silly little things like this. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. The point is, in Genesis chapter 1, we have the famous creation week. In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. So the work of creation was done. It didn't say work was done, but the work of creation was done. The heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And then in verse 2 it says, On the seventh day, or Sabbath day in the Hebrew, God ended his work which he had made. Now what does that mean? He ended his work. If it was finished on the sixth day, now it's the seventh, what does it mean he ended his work? It says he ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. The word rest there is commonly thought of as a period of relaxing or taking a break from hard work, as though God got tired and needed a break. But that's the futility of the English language with all its many synonyms getting in the way again. Those of you who play musical instruments and can read music know of a funny-looking squiggly line that's put on the music staff to indicate a point of ceasing. It's called a rest does it mean you're sitting back from the piece you're performing? No, it just means at that particular point in the song, you pause until the next note or next measure or whatever. It doesn't mean the song is over. You are, with purpose, ceasing from the note, the chord, the sequence you were doing before to maintain the integrity of the whole song. See, the work of creation was already finished after the closing of the sixth day. So there, where it says in the English that on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day, the original Hebrew text there says that God imposed a repose on the universe. Many Jewish scientists believe that what that's talking about there is God finalizing and establishing the scientific laws as we know them. That's their view of what the original Hebrew means, that God imposed a repose on the universe. Imagine it like winding up a mechanical clock, the older clocks, which I didn't know about until recently, to the frustration of my mom, because I ruined an older clock that she had. There's a lever that holds the forward motion of the gears so that you can wind up the clock. If you try to wind it up while it's in motion, it tears it up. And many scientists view the six days of creation as a work in motion. The gravitational pull of new stars and the spreading out of galaxies and space-time, the zeroing in on life itself being formed on the Earth, the moving of land and sea, all this creative work actually taking place inside some form of space-time while everything's spinning and in flux. Gravity, time, everything. Kind of like a pottery wheel that's constantly turning while the potter is forming the clay.
But then after the work was done, all of the motion was stopped, like God pulling the lever on a mechanical clock and now winding it up. Is that what the original Hebrew means when it says God imposed a repose on the heavens and the earth? If that's true, then the next verse makes a whole lot more sense. Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 says, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he rested from all his work which God created and made. Folks, all my life I never understood why God would set apart the seventh day because it was the day that he didn't do anything. That never made any sense to me. But that's kind of the way we were all taught it. But actually, it's the day that everything got started. Kind of like the cutting of the ribbon of a new establishment. It's the day that God pulled the lever on the mechanical clock that is our universe and wound it up and then turned it loose. And all the mechanical parts of our universe, from the massive galaxies to the tiny little atoms, have been tick-tocking like gears, wheels, and pulleys ever since. The seventh day is an anniversary of God finalizing the universe, the heavens, and the earth. That's why the wording of the fourth commandment is, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember which Sabbath? The first one. It's an anniversary. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What does the word holy mean? We use that word a lot, but what does it mean? It means perfect. God created the heavens and the earth on days one through six, then on day seven, he made it perfect. Of course, the universe was imperfected by Adam in the Garden of Eden, and then a curse was put upon it, so we've never seen the creation as it was originally built. We get hints of it here and there, but on that first Sabbath day, God made it perfect and set it in motion. He cut the ribbon of the grand opening. He opened the doors. The fourth commandment says, remember the seventh day to keep it perfect. But God hasn't stopped working. We have a multitude of verses all throughout the Old and New Testaments that mention God's continuing intervention and attention to the workings of the clock that is our universe. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says, In Him all things, not most things, but all things are held together. Today's scientists can't figure out why many galaxies in the universe don't fly apart. They've measured the blue shift and the red shift, and they've figured out how fast their rotations are, and they've plugged those figures into formulas comparing them with the amount of mass that composes them, and with that, they can't figure out what's holding them together. According to these scientists, many of those galaxies should be collapsing in on themselves because the mass is too great, but most of them should be flying apart, and that's an even bigger mystery, what's holding them together. Well, Colossians tells us, it says, In Him all things are held together. But that requires faith, not science. So they've come up with some scientific theories called dark matter and dark energy, which is fancy terminology for matter and energy that cannot be seen or proven, yet must exist because something is holding the galaxies together, while something else is propelling them at speeds they can't account for. Funny how that's considered science, but Colossians isn't. That's faith. If I were a scientist, I would write on my chalkboard that E equals MC squared and dark matter and dark energy equals Colossians 117. But anyway, 